remember when I was young. And, uh, and I love to put on my... Make sure I'm not... You know, I remember when I was young and uh, I used to, to love putting on my dad's shoes. Uh, he'd leave them in the living room and I'd come in and, and I'd, I'd stick my feet in his big shoes and my, my feet would be swimming around in them and I'd just kind of shuffle my way around the living room. I remember the feeling of, of his shoes and his dress shoes and how the hard the surface was on the bottom and, uh, and I don't know, you've probably done that too when you were a kid and just putting on your dad's shoes. And I don't know about you, but I, I wanted to be like my dad. Um, you know, my dad was a pastor and he was a pastor who loved people. Um, and I remember I walked with him in a lot of different ways. When I was, uh, when I was in elementary school, probably even into junior high, he would, uh, he'd go to the church early on Sunday to kind of work on his sermon and make sure everything's ready to go. And, uh, and I would always walk with, I, I would want to walk with him. And uh, we lived about a mile from the church. And so we'd walk together. Uh, and, and really, I mean, there wasn't anything hugely profound that usually happened. We'd have conversations, sometimes deep, sometimes not. But, but it was me walking with my dad. And, uh, and I'd hang out at the church there. Uh, I saw my dad walk well with others. I saw him love people. He loved them uh, through their sin. He loved them through their pain. He loved them through their joys. And, I, and it came, came, came a time, I remember when I was in high school, uh, my dad was always one who, who wanted to give opportunity. Um, and so he was always pushing people and leaders forward. And I remember I was in high school. I'd been taking vocal lessons. I was uh, really learning in music. And my dad said, hey, Eric, you, you should lead the song service on Sunday. And it wasn't just Sunday night. It was Sunday morning. And, uh, and, and I just, I remember, uh, I, I think I blundered my way through some things, but my dad was just right there, kind of arm on my, his hand on my shoulder, uh, using his humor to kind of coach things along. But those were formative opportunities in my life growing up. And then I walked into death with my dad. He suffered with, with uh, a mild form of Alzheimer's and then cancer for the last year and a half of his life. And it was debilitating in, in, in different ways for him. But he always maintained his joy. He was... Uh, I, I, I remember him being uh, in the, uh, with like a nurse. Uh, no, it was a doctor actually. And the doctor was giving him bad news. And he, he was standing there thanking the doctor. Um, my dad just loved people. And, and I, I, I hope that I'm carrying forward the legacy of my father in some ways. But you know, Jesus also walked with his disciples in the same way. 
He, he walked with them and he taught them along the way. He, he walked them into ministry in both word and deed. And then he challenged them in their faith. How many times did Jesus say, Oh, oh ye of little faith, trust me, trust me. But he would challenge him in that way. And then after his death, Jesus, he turned the mission over. After his resurrection, he turned his mission over to them and he empowered them with the Holy Spirit. And you know the verses in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, familiar to all of us. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So envision with me, if you would. Jesus has left his shoes in the room. And he's saying to you, Go ahead, try them on. Let's go for a walk. You know, when I read the, 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 the uh, accounts of Jesus in the Gospels, uh, I like to, to look at these accounts and these, these stories, like the feeding of the 5,000, and ask the question as I'm reading, what, what can we learn about who Jesus is through this story? And so I'd like to focus uh, today on the feeding of the 5,000. And I'm going to read through this account. And, and as I do, you can turn to John 6, 1 to 14 and follow along. Or, or maybe you just want to close your eyes and, and just kind of put yourself in the scene and hear the story. But it says, After Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain and and there he sat down with his disciples. And now it was the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. And lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a crowd was coming toward him, Jesus turned and he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so these people may eat? He said this to test him for he, he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread won't won't be enough for each of them to just have a little bit, Lord. And then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, "Uh, there's a boy here. He's got five loaves and two fish. But, you know, what are those amongst so many? Well, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so, men, so, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus then took the loaves, and, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, <laughs> listen, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he took his disciples, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and they filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. 
You know, some of the things, one of the things I learned about Jesus in this, in this account is that Jesus saw people, not just the crowd. In November 2019, Sarah and I had the opportunity to travel to Mozambique. You may remember earlier in 2019, there was uh, back-to-back cyclones that hit Mozambique and just devastated it. Flood. It was, it was a horrible situation. People lost their farms. They lost their homes. And uh, Reach Global Crisis Response was coming at, in, in response and working with some of our partners there. And we had the opportunity to travel to one of the internally displaced people camps, where pe- people, uh, the camp, one of the camps where people came who had lost everything to come and just be able to survive. And when we arrived in the van, we got out and there were people everywhere. And I saw the crowd. But then God caused me to start to see people. You see, Katrina, one of our missionaries with crisis response, was dancing with the children. And they were filled with joy. It was just beautiful. And I began to see people. And then I looked over here and, and, and my wife, Sarah, is sitting with a group of women and just interacting and talking with them because she speaks Portuguese, their language. And I saw people. We went into the area with, with one of the men who, and we heard the story from one of the older men of the flood and what had happened. And he, he shared with us from his heart all that had happened. And we saw people. There were some boys drumming to the dancing. And I came over and said, hey, can you show me how to do this? And they started to show me and I failed. <laughs> but it was fun. And I looked into their eyes and I saw people. And then finally, a little girl. I was sitting on a log bench just watching these girls play. And she came up on the bench and she sat next to me and she put her hand in mine. And I took my arm and and just put it around her. And I saw people. You see, Jesus saw people and he saw their need and he had compassion for them. I believe that Jesus saw the need of the people uh, and their need for food before they even were hungry. You see, good shepherds, they, they look ahead and they see the needs of the flock and they take action. And that was the heart of Jesus. In fact, listen to some of the words of Jesus. He says in John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He said also in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, and you all know this. Come to me, he said, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and, and you'll find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's the truth. Jesus loved people and he cared for their needs. And here's the application for us. To walk in Jesus' shoes is to love people as he loved them. Do you see people like Jesus sees people? So Jesus was a caretaker. You know what? Do this with me. Put your, wherever you're at, just put your hands like this, like you're hugging, hugging somebody. And say that with me. Jesus is a caretaker. Jesus was also a disciple maker. Put your hands together like this, like, like two gathering, grabbing together. and Say, Jesus is a disciple maker. Say that with me. Jesus is a disciple maker. You see, Jesus called his disciples to serve with him to accomplish his mission. We see in a, in a different uh, angle on this story from Mark. In Mark 6, he says, And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves. And what did he do? He gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Why did Jesus involve the disciples in this process? Because the disciples were part of God's plan of redemption. And you know what? You are a part of God's plan. God chooses you in his plan of redemption. And and like me, you might say, well, why me, Lord? What do I have to offer? And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29, Paul, Paul says to the church in Corinth, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the world's standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. And look at these two words, but God. Those are the two, two of the most powerful words in Scripture. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to, th- to, to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So so Jesus brought his disciples into the ministry with him, but he also challenged his disciples to exercise their faith. I, I, I believe, I know, that Jesus could have stood on that, in that place with these people coming to him, and he could have said, let there be fish and bread. And I believe there would have been the best taste in fish you ever had in your life and more bread than you could eat. And it would have all just, boom, been there. But that's not what Jesus did, right? Instead, Jesus asked his disciple, Philip, a question. Philip, where are we to buy bread so these people can eat? See, Jesus drew Philip and his disciples into solving a problem that they had no means of solving themselves. And Jesus is the master of creating crises of faith. In fact, 
You may be going through a, a crisis of faith right now in your life. Jesus may be stretching your faith in some ways. So the truth here, the truth is that Jesus worked through his disciples to accomplish his greatest plan of redemption. The application for you and me, to walk in Jesus' shoes is to exercise your faith and bring others with you to exercise theirs. How might God want you to serve with him in accomplishing his mission? You ever thought about that? And who are you bringing along? Are you bringing your children along in the same way my father brought me along? Are you bringing your friends along, your coworkers? Who are you bringing with you? So Jesus was a caretaker, right? And Jesus was a disciple maker. And Jesus is also a multiplier. Just like you're scattering seed. Do, do that with me and say, Jesus is a multiplier. Jesus is a multiplier. You see, he multiplied the small amount that the boy gave to do a great work. In verse 8 and 9 of this passage in John 6, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? And as we know from the story, Jesus took the small amount that the boy gave and he fed 5,000 men plus women and children, which means he probably fed maybe fifteen to 20,000 people that day. Listen to this, listen. It is not our greatness, but what our great God does with what we humbly offer to him that changes the world. Let me say that again. It's not our greatness, but what our great God does with what we humbly offer him that changes the world. And Paul reminded us in 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. He says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed and the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but what happened? God gave the increase. God gave the increase. I want you to do an exercise with me. Hold out your hands like this. Palms up. And look in your hands, and I want you to think about the things that God has given you in life. The talents that he's given you. The relationships that he's given you the bright mind that he's given you to think. The treasures, abundant in many cases for us. What would God, what could God do 
with that if you fully offered it to him. See, it's not about the amount or the greatness of what we have in our hand, but about what God does with what we offer to him. So the truth here is that Jesus used the small amount and and the simple obedience that was offered to do his great work of multiplication. And the application for us to walk in Jesus' shoes is to offer what's in your hands and your simple obedience to God. So remember these things. Jesus is a caretaker. Jesus is a disciple maker. And Jesus is a multiplier. So let's come back now to our passage in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. In the mission that Jesus gave us, where he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I've commanded you. Okay, that command that Jesus gave to his disciples is surrounded by the authority of Jesus and the presence of Jesus. First, the authority, because this passage doesn't begin with go and make disciples. It begins with Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you see, we're not called to fulfill the mission that Jesus gave us in our own power. It's by his authority, it's by his power that we fulfill the great commission. And this passage, this challenge, this, this uh, commandment, sorry, doesn't, doesn't finish with observe all that I have commanded you. It finishes with, I am with you always to the end of the age. His presence. You see, Jesus will never leave us alone to fulfill the great commission. His power and his authority and his presence will always be with us. In Hebrews 13, 5 to 6, it says, For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So, so we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Last time I was in Liberia, <clears throat> I had the honor of sitting with Musa. Musa is a young leader who works in a dominantly Muslim country in West Africa. He lives on very little with his, with his wife and his daughter. He faces dangers of persecution every day. And yet he's faithfully training and encouraging church planters in this dark place in the world. And in in the conversation, the time I had with him one-on-one to just get to know him and and understand him better, I asked him a question. I said, Musa, what encourages you in your work? You know what he said? Jesus said, 
I'm with you always to the end of the age. Pray for Musa if you think about it. He's a faithful man serving the Lord in a very dark place. In the authority of Jesus and in the presence of Jesus. So let me bring this back to us for a minute. Jesus is a caretaker. How can you change your outlook to see people as Jesus sees them? And what do you need to do to begin to see and love people, people in the crowd? How might you go about meeting the need of another this week? So you can be a caretaker. And you can be a disciple maker. And I just want to ask you, have you committed your life to be a disciple maker for Jesus? Are you sitting back, just taking it in, looking for the Lord to bless you? Are you engaged in the work of disciple-making as a follower of Jesus? It's the, the simple obedience, right? What crisis of faith is God creating in your life, and how are you responding to that crisis? Uh, If you're like me, your first impulse is to kick and scream, right? Jesus is building your faith. He's going to allow crises into your life to build your faith. How do you respond? And then how might God want you to serve with him in accomplishing his mission? And who are you going to bring along with you? I want to tell you right now, there are more opportunities, so many opportunities in Africa for you to use the small piece that God's put in your hand for his kingdom. And I just want to invite you to consider, is God calling you? to minister in the context of Africa? Is he calling you to be a multiplier like Jesus is a multiplier? And part of being a multiplier is that simple obedience. So so the the, the simple question for us today is, is there something that God's told you to do that you haven't already done? If you haven't, go do that thing. Go do that thing. And, and what do you have in your hands that God might want to multiply to accomplish his plan? Imagine that boy, okay, who gave his lunch. What's he thinking in this story? Wow, look what Jesus did. This is my lunch. 15,000 people. Amazing. What do you have in your hand? And then what simple act of luck and obedience is God asking you to do? 
God, you have given all authority to Christ. Jesus, you have said you will never leave us or forsake us. You are always with us. Your presence is with us. And I want to pray that we would walk in your shoes. That we would be caretakers of people. That we would be disciple makers. That we would be multipliers. Soften your hands. Soften our hearts to you, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen.